0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. Now, in this episode, it's going to be a quick fit tip, and I do this from time to time to talk about new research I've seen or to highlight an article I've read and that's exactly what I'm doing today. Recently, the Washington Post published a a story on longevity. It was was released in the October 11th edition of the Washington Post. I'm having a link to it below. It might be behind a paywall, but the important thing is I just wanna give you the source of it because I'm gonna read you the article so you can understand what we're learning about the science and longevity. That's been the emphasis of the All About Fitness podcast is really helping you understand how to use exercise, how to use healthy lifestyle habits, what you can do to manage your quality of life through the aging process. And that's exactly why I wrote my book, Ageless Intensity. In Ageless Intensity, I go through the research that's come out in the past number of years about the benefits of high intensity exercise specifically for mitigating the effects of aging. And, And that's the important thing is right now, we're learning so much more about how exercise can really extend the lifespan. You've heard me talk about this because the the modern fitness industry goes back to the late 1960s, early 1970s. And for those of you that have been exercising for a majority of your adult lifespan, what we're starting to see is how that long-term exercise can affect our quality of life. It it not not only helps us look good, not only helps improve our health, But as we're learning, exercise is a key component of longevity and of extending our lifespan. And so I'm going to read this article. Now, the article is written by a reporter named Matt. His last name is F-U-C-H-S. I'm going to pronounce it Fuchs. And so I don't know if it's pronounced like F-U-C-K-S, but I'm going to pronounce it Fuchs. So this is from the October 11th edition of The Washington Post. And the title is, Want to Add Healthy Years to Your Life? Here's what new longevity research says, and the reporter is Matt Fuchs, and there'll be a a link to this down below in the show notes, but it might be behind a paywall. But here we go. Death comes for us all, but recent research points to interventions in diet, exercise, and mental outlook that could slow down aging and age-related diseases without risky biohacks, such as unproven gene therapies. Now, quick side note, I can't stand that term biohacking. If you, if you pay attention to what you eat, if you exercise, what you're doing is you're managing your quality of life. You're not, you're not hacking. You're just enhancing your quality of life. All right, so let's get back to this story. A multidisciplinary approach involving these evidence-based strategies, quote, could get it all right, end quote, said Walter Longo, a biochemist who runs Longevity Institute at the University of Southern California's Leonard Davis School of Gerontology. And gerontology is, is a study of aging, and how aging affects the human physiology. There's a debate, however, about how much we can increase our longevity. All humans share 99.9% of their genes. This explains why even, quote, superagers born with tiny genetic differences that promote longevity almost never surpass 110. Jean Louis Calme of France was an outlier living until the age of 122, the current record. Some animals make it well beyond that mark, according to Jan Vig, a molecular geneticist at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Scientists know just one way for humans to live 170 years like a giant tortoise, become a giant tortoise. So there's, there we go, folks. I'm going to sidebar. There's our solution. If you want to live to 150, 170 years old, we've got to become a giant land tortoise. Let's start working on that. Let's get back to the article. Some ex- experts do find it likely that someone will set a record for our species by the end of the century. Statisticians have observed a mortality plateau for very old people. Although the chance of dying in a given year goes up with age, the odds seem to stop increasing after 105. Beyond this plateau, is basically a coin toss every year. Heads you'll see your next birthday, tails you won't. But the, moral, sorry, but the mortality plateau is often debated. Even if it's true that the risk of death levels off, this won't necessarily result in superagers living longer than before. Susan Alberts, a Duke University primatologist, published a paper that compared the human rate of aging with other primates. The maximum human life expectancy has increased by about three months per year since the mid, since the mid- 1800s, but that can be explained by fewer early and midlife deaths. Side note, that's one of the things that, that I observed as I was doing the research for for ageless intensity, is that up until about the year 1900, the average life expectancy was about 50 years old. So if you were alive 120 years ago and you were over the age of 50, you were living on borrowed time. But now the average life expectancy in the United States is about 78 years old. It fluctuates a little bit about around the world, but it's about 78 years old. And there's a little bit of difference between men and women. Bombs and Go was 78. And we've been able to almost double our life expectancy in a little bit more than a century through public health means, through washing our hands, taking vaccinations, understanding more about medicine, understanding more about health. So we've been able to almost double our life expectancy in the last century or so. But just a little side note there. Back to the article. Alberts found that the rate of decline during old age has stayed the same, mirroring other species. She believes that maximum human lifespan could be extended by continuing to avert early and midlife deaths, which simply increase the pool of people who could live a really long time. Time will tell who's right regarding the lifespan of our species. What's clear is that certain lifestyles help individuals live longer than they otherwise would, including the genetically blessed. Harvard researchers found that healthy habits add nearly 15 years of life expectancy. I'm not going to say that again, I'm pausing. A little bit for dramatic effect, but I'm pausing because I want to read that again. Harvard researchers found that healthy habits add nearly 15 years of life expectancy. Quote, that's over $100 trillion in healthcare savings, said Harvard biologist David Sinclair. Now, if you want a great book on aging, if you want a great book on the aging process, David Sinclair has been researching this field. And, I, and the title of his book is escaping me right now, but I read it earlier this year and I've been trying to get him on the podcast. I had his his business partner, uh, Dr. Gil Blander. Dr. Blander is the is a chief science officer for Inside Tracker, and in our interview I posted recently, Dr. Blander and I talked about why it's important to measure certain biomarkers and how you can use those biomarkers to not only manage your health but to manage the aging process. So David Sinclair right now is one of the leading researchers in this field. If you want to understand more about exercise, aging, and the aging process. Just go to Amazon, search for David Sinclair, and buy his book. Actually, you know what? I'm going to link to his book down below in the show notes. Like I said, I'm forgetting the title of it, but check below in the show notes, and I'll have a link to David Sinclair's book, which really does it. It's a great overview on the whole field of what we're doing with, with exercise and aging, or just aging in general right now. Sorry for the sidebar. I'm going to get back to the article. Not enough Americans can access healthy lifestyles, however, and we're getting sick and dying earlier across economic levels compared with other countries. People under the age of 65, people under the age of 65 in the richest areas of the United States have higher mortality than those in the poorest areas of Europe, according to a study published in September. Quote, "We're going to pay if we don't do something about this rising tide of disabled people," end quote, said Judith Campisi, a biochemist at the Buck Institute of the Research on Aging. Findings from longevity research could support better health in old age with fewer age-related diseases and disabilities. And interestingly, many scientists believe that a certain amount and type of stress can help thanks to evolution. As David Sinclair wrote in his 2019 book, Lifespan, there we go, that's the name of the book, Lifespan. As Sinclair wrote in Lifespan, quote, our genes didn't evolve for a life of pampered comfort a little stress to induce hormesis once in a while likely goes a long way, end quote. Hormesis is a process which various stressors, such as those related to diet and exercise, seem to activate genes that slow down cell growth and aging. Sidebar here. Well, that's what I realized as somebody who's been writing education for personal trainers for more than 15 years, I was reading all this research on the benefits of high-intensity exercise, and that was the one thing that, that across the board it's high-intensity exercise that can, that can promote cellular health. It's high-intensity exercise that can elevate levels of testosterone and growth hormone, two very important hormones for, for supporting muscle growth. It's high-intensity exercise that can promote the development of BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. That's a protein that, that helps build new brain cells and new neurons in the brain. So the point, that's why I wrote Ageless Intensity is like, yes, exercise is good and we should be exercising, but two or three times a week, we should be stressing ourselves. And you'll hear this in a moment. So let me get off my sidebar and get back to the article. Continuing, using food to trick yourself. Stress that's good for longevity can be caused by nutrition. Ideally, our ancestors enjoyed protein-rich red meat for peak energy and performance. But when hunting expeditions failed, people resorted to eating hardy plants. Today, our bodies still infer a state of scarcity if we consume lots of vegetables, switching on the longevity genes. Indeed, such a diet is associated with longer lives, according to the Harvard study. Becoming a full-fledged vegetarian probably isn't necessary, but to maximize what longevity experts call health span, at least 50% of protein should come from vegetable sources, Longo said. He advises, getting other proteins mostly from fatty fish while moderating your intake of starchy carbohydrates such as pasta and potatoes. Research has shown that older people who routinely devour such carbs may be more likely to become cognitively impaired. Try to replace them sometimes with foods such as lentils or extra vegetables which have more fiber and minerals than refined carbs, say Chris Verberg, yeah, Verberg a gerontologist. that must be a nutritionist who studies gerontology, so Verberg uh, is a neutral gerontologist and the author of The Longevity Code. I think I just found a new person to try to interview for the podcast. Another signal of scarcity that seems to switch on longevity genes is a restriction of all foods. Although water-only fasting over several days can be dangerous, quote, fasting-mimicking diets and, quote, very low-calorie five-day eating plans that trick the body into thinking it's fasting while allowing some food and nutrients have been shown to be safer. Longo believes such diets will play a major part in maximal longevity. Side note, a couple years ago I interviewed Dr. Andy Galpin, a professor, research professor at Cal State Fullerton. And I'm actually going to be reaching out to Dr. Galpin before too long to try to get him back on the podcast. When Dr. Galpin and I spoke, we talked about this stress and this idea of fasting. And Dr. Galpin said every few weeks he does a two or three day fast just to stress his body. And personally, I try not to tell you what I do, but I want to let you know how I apply this research. I've read a tremendous amount of research on intermittent fasting, and that intermittent fasting is daily caloric restriction, where you go an extended period of time without eating, and maybe you eat in a period of like four to six hours. I do intermittent fasting, not for weight management, but for this stress on the system. And I'll try to go, some days I try to go 16 to 20 hours before I eat just to put that stress on the system now there are other days about two days a week I try to do a normal diet eat three or four meals throughout the day but most days of the week five or six days a week I'm trying to do the fasting just and really it's it's purely for this stress so if you haven't learned about intermittent fasting do some research on it type it into a couple search engines and it really is to me the most exciting part about intermittent fasting is this association with longevity let's get back to the article Research continues on various fasting regimens. In a preprint review, Matthew Caberlin, a biogerontologist at the University of Washington, found limited evidence that avoiding food during specific windows of the day without dropping overall caloric intake increases lifespan and mass. He so he's found little evidence. When calories are reduced, some genetic strains of mice seem to benefit, but others actually die, far, fat die faster. Calorie restriction, quote, could enhance longevity in some people while shortening lifespan in others. Kiberlein wrote, So like I said, do your own research, but just understand that they're starting to learn more about this. Let's get back. We're beginning to find faults with some extreme diets, Campisi said. The best approach, she said, is dietary restriction without malnutrition. The real benefit of fasting, she added, might simply, simply come from losing weight. Obesity is a major risk factor for inflammation and chronic low-grade inflammation. Quote, so that was a quote. Obesity is a risk factor for inflammation, said Campisi. End quote. And chronic low-grade inflammation can accelerate aging in a process known as in a process known as inflammaging. So really, that, that that's just something to pay attention to. Is inflammation is a different type. Inflammation is your body's response to stress, and inflammation can have a negative effect on a number of systems in your body. Back to the article. Sinclair eats just once per day at dinner time. Quote. When you eat is perhaps more important than what you eat, end quote, he said, referring to animal studies. It's easy to say that mice aren't humans, but there are some broad lessons, he said. Now to the, my area of expertise. Exercising, but in moderation. Exercise can further simulate yeah, exercise can further simulate our ancestors' stressful environments, some experts say, which can dupe your genes into extending your span of health. Just don't do too much. In August of 2021, the Mayo Clinic published research suggesting an optimal amount of exercise. People who played sports for 2.6 to 4.5 hours per week since the 1990s were about 40% less likely to have died than those who exercise less often. Cardio workouts may extend longevity by multiplying mitochondria, the powerhouses within cells. When scientists damage mitochondria mice, the animals die faster, and mitochondrial dysfunction, Results in inflammation in humans, Campisi said. So, side note on that—that's a very important statement right there. Is that, and this ties into what I've been talking about. Is that now that we have a whole population of people who are in their sixties and seventies and eighties who've been exercising throughout their life, we are going to—we're on the precipice of learning a lot more about how to use exercise to manage health and longevity. Again. I, I saw the research. I've been reading the research and interviewing the experts. And that's exactly why I wrote Ageless Intensity is to help you get some insights into what you can do in the gym to tap into this longevity. Let's get back to the article. High-intensity interval training or HIT may be particularly effective in adding to longevity, said, uh, doc, said K. Uh, Srikmaran Nair, a Mayo endocrinologist. Endocrinologists studied the endocrine system. They found that in a study... They found that 12 weeks of HIT reversed many age-related differences in how older people synthesize proteins, buffering them and buffering their mitochondria. Strength training may also partially reverse aspects of aging. And that's what I saw in the research and that's why I wrote my book. As with fasting, just don't go overboard. Some young guys wanna to do too much of everything, Nair said. There's no data that working out beyond a certain level gives you better mitochondria. Being very aerobically fit may reduce mortality risk, but the August August paper suggests a Goldilocks sweet spot. Exercising more than 10 hours per week was linked to a shorter lifespan. Previous research has shown an association between extreme exercise and health problems, such as premature aging of the heart. Side note, I spoke about this last year, and you know what, I'm gonna have a, it was one of my favorite interviews I did last year in 2020, is with a cardiologist who, who, he's a cyclist, but he helped write a book called The Telltale Tell Heart. I think it was Dr. Minkow. I have to I have to look at my notes. I don't have it right in front of me. But we talk about the fact that you can be fit and actually do too much exercise. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And and I love the fact, I didn't even I love the fact. About about a month ago, I started using baby bear. Meaning that what we want to do as fitness professionals, when we design courses or design exercise classes and workouts is we want to help our clients find their baby bear. And I was referencing Goldilocks. So it's interesting to see the Goldilocks reference in this article, because what I'm advising people to do, and this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do with your own workout program is you need to be Goldilocks and you need to find your baby bear. Because what was Papa Bear? Papa Bear was too much. There's a tremendous amount of evidence that shows too much exercise could be harmful to the body. Likewise, we know that if you're a mama bear and do too little exercise, too little exercise just as well doesn't provide any important health benefits. So you, each of us needs to find our own baby bear the right amount of exercise that works for you that can help you achieve health and extend longevity. Uh, let's get back to the article. Sorry, I keep going into the sidebars. So back to the article. Nair suggests doing 35 minutes of HIIT three days per week, doing two non-consecutive days of strength training, focusing on core muscles, arms and legs, with three sets for each muscle group, and taking walks of 7,000 to 10,000 steps on the other two days. He also recommends trying to get at least three minutes of movement after every hour of sitting. Now, that's the reason why I'm reading you this article, is what what, th- what this gentleman is saying based on the research I don't know if the, the name was, was a male or female, I'm sorry, but, but what this expert is saying based on the research is that you want to do about two or three days a week of high-intensity interval training. You want to do about two or three days a week of strength training, and you want to about, do about two days a week of low-intensity training. Guess what I tell you to do in Ageless Intensity? Guess what I tell you to do in Smarter Workouts, my, my other book? The exact same model. And I'm not telling you. I don't write about that. I don't. I don't put these models out there because it's what I. It's what I'm telling you to do. I put these models out there because, based on all the research I've read over the years, and you have to understand. Besides the two articles, or sorry, besides the two books I've written, smarter workouts and ageless intensity, I've written maybe half a dozen textbook chapters. I, I don't even know how many articles I've written for various fitness industry publications like the Idea Fitness Journal or the ACE Certified News, online magazine. I read the research, and my recommendation of two or three days a week of strength training, two or three days a week of high-intensity interval training, and two or three days a week of low-intensity training is consistent with the research that's out there. Anyway, I just want to highlight that. Back to the article. But keep in mind, these diet and exercise regimens can't magically undo a lifetime of mistakes. A young person's lifestyle will echo for decades, Sinclair Warren, and that's what I try to do. I try to, I try to get people to think about, even if you're in your 20s and 30s, think long-term. Yes, yes, we wanna look good at all ages, but think long-term about what you can do. Fitness and exercise is about health. It's about longevity, it's about quality of life, not just looking good in a half-naked selfie posted on a social media platform. Back to the article. Beyond diet and exercise, Sinclair noted another driver of longevity, Long-Term Loving Relationships In in a nearly 80-year study, researchers found that the most important factor in a long, healthy life was having a close partner. Lynn Charney, a 96-year-old actress who still performs on stage, attributes her longevity to marital bliss, a double dose of it. I've had not one fabulous husband, but two. Boxing regularly with her personal trainer in New York doesn't hurt either, she said. Another protective factor, Optimism. In 2019, Boston University psychologist Lawena Lee found that optimism was associated with exceptional longevity. Take heart, Debbie Downers. Optimism can be cultivated through interventions. Quote, while optimism is about 25% inheritable, Lee told me, the rest is attributable to environmental influences. Quote, end quote. That may particularly explain why people entrenched in poverty with little reason for optimism die at much younger ages. So sidebar here. That's where mindset, having a positive outlook on life, is so critical. I've interviewed psychologists on here who talk about that, who talk about mindset. We want to think, look ahead. We want to be positive. We want to look for what have we done well. We want to be grateful. And I love that, that concept of our relationships. I've seen numerous different pieces on that about how relationships. Dr. John Medina, who is an expert on, on brain health, we talked about in the interview I did last year, We talked about relationships as being key for healthy aging. Let's get back to the article. But residents of lower income areas also have limited access to healthy foods and opportunities cited above. That's why experts on aging have called for policies that improve access to healthy lifestyles, especially as findings about exercise, nutrition, and other anti-aging interventions continue to evolve, promising years of health to those who can afford them. Quote, we're still on the Wright Brothers' day of flight when it comes to longevity, Sinclair said. We, have, we still have a 747 in Concord to come, I hope, within our lifetimes. So that's the article. Again, I'm going to have a link to down below in the show notes. It, it might be behind a paywall for Washington Post. But I really, if you want to understand more about exercise and lifespan, or exercise and longevity, pick up Dr. Sinclair's book, Lifespan. And I have reached out to Dr. Sinclair about trying to get him on the podcast I will be reaching out to a couple of the other experts quoted in this article to try to get a little bit more insight because what I want to do is help you understand what you can be doing. If you're exercising at the high intensity five, six days a week, don't do that because that's too much. We can overstress the system. This this article is consistent with other things I've read the past number of years that said, yes, high intensity exercise is good for us, but in moderation find your goldilocks find your baby bear find that just right for some people it might be three days a week for other people it might be two days a week one impact one impact of high intensity exercise is how you recover or, or the biggest thing about high intensity exercise is how you recover you can't just train to you you're getting ready to puke that's not that effective you need to have strategies for after you exercise for how your body adjusts and recovers from exercise, and that's been one of the biggest areas of research about the past decade or so in fitness. Is yes, we understand that high intensity exercise is good for us, but we've learned so much more about recovery. That's what's allowing Tom Brady to play into his forties. That's what's allowing basketball players like like LeBron James to play late into their thirties. It's the recovery that's helping them manage the stress. And on that note, this is going to be. I'm actually working on book number three right now on exercise recovery or recovery from exercise. So if you're listening to the podcast, this this is the first time I'm I'm talking about this publicly. The the contract is signed. I have Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. That's out there. That teaches you how to design workouts for strength, mobility, and metabolic conditioning. You need to do about two of each workouts a week for optimal health. I wrote Ageless Intensity, that's Ageless Intensity, based on the research of how high-intensity exercise could slow down aging. And now I'm working on a book on recovery from exercise that's going to be a practical guide for how you can recover from workouts, what you can do immediately after a hard workout, and how you can plan your workouts in a way that optimizes recovery. Not only that, but I'm going to be going into different strategies, what you can do, compression clothing, percussion guns, foam rolling, sleep, nutrition, hot tubs, infrared sauna, cryotherapy, ice baths. All of these are recovery strategies that can not only help us adapt to the stresses of exercise, but the cool thing is the evidence is starting to collect that they could extend our lifespan as well. You know that I geek out on this stuff. You know that I enjoy talking about this. or More importantly, I enjoy learning about it so I can share it with you. That's why I write what I write. That's why I podcast what I podcast is I want us all to learn how to use exercise to not only enhance the quality of our life, but to extend our lifespan. I've talked about this. If you've heard me talk about it, and and I'm repeating it, I I don't apologize. I plan, right now, I I, I play some masters level rugby, but I plan on staying in shape so when I turn 70, I can start competing in the senior Olympics and sprinting. Now I've never been a sprinter before in my life, and I'm not fast. I am not fast. But I'm giving myself a goal of starting to enter the Senior Olympics when I turn 70 because if I can maintain my speed for the next 20 years, I'll, I'll be a-okay. I'll be okay. And I, I, my goal, and, and look, there are so many things out of my control. Heaven forbid my, I could have a neighbor cook in a meth lab and that blow up in the next hour and I'm done. I'm gone, right? There's so many things out of our control that who knows how long we can live. But my goal I had kids late. I had kids when I was 40 and 42 years old. So even though I'm almost 50, my kids are still in elementary school. My goal is to live long enough to meet my grandkids and be able to see my grandkids grow older. I want to live to at least, at least 110, 120 years old. And I know that sounds a little bit out there, but if you read David Sinclair's book, Lifespan, you'll realize that this is within our grasp. What we're understanding about the genome, what we're understanding about cellular function in the body, what we're understanding about all these components of health and fitness and everything. Hey, look, it's not just about what you look like. It's about what you're able to do. It's about enjoying life. And I think that's one of the, the, the most important things in that piece on longevity isn't just the exercise and nutrition, but it's the friendship. It's companionship. It's having love in your life. People that you care about. Things that you care about. What service do you do what, what volunteering do you do? That's an area I need to improve because when you have other things that you live for other than yourself when you when you're helping people when you when you're working with others that really can give you a reason to live and that can help change your mindset too have a positive outlook look at the positive side of things. Hey look I know this past year this past whatever has been crazy times but it's kicked it's kicked my butt. Right? My job is traveling around the world, teaching workshops on health and fitness. Well, guess what I haven't done? I haven't traveled. I've just done in August and, and recently uh, in, in October, I've done my first two trips to teach at workshops and speak at events. I'm getting ready to travel to Dubai. It's my first international trip in 20 months. I'm getting ready to speak at, a, at an event in Dallas in early November. I'm getting back to that work. The point being that my my, my income collapsed, my business was thrown upside down. But the benefit, the the, the best thing about it was I got to spend the last year, more than the last year and a half, with my kids who are in elementary school. I got to spend a heck of a lot more time with my kids. Some of it was managing Zoom classes, which was not the best experience in the world. But hey, the bottom line is I got to spend time with my kids. That is what I look at. That's what I remember about COVID. That's what I remember about 2020 and 2021. You know what? I have the rest of my life to to earn, to work, to make money. That'll all take care of itself. But I'll never, never get that time back to my kids. So to me, that was a precious thing. That's a positive outlook. Anyway, I might have rambled on a little bit too much uh, for this quick fit tip. I try to keep the quick fit tips relatively short. But when I read this article on longevity, I knew it was something I wanted to share with you on the podcast. I am going to be reaching out to a couple of those experts on to try to get them on on the on the show as guests. If you want to learn more about longevity, if you want to learn more about exercise, go to petmacallfitness.com. That's petmacallfitness.com. Sign up for my mailing list. I'm just getting back to more blogging, more I'm trying to get mailing I'm trying to get emails out about two times a month. I don't want to spam your email box, but I want to get out about two emails a month to help you understand this latest research, to help you understand what you can do. To use exercise. not yeah, lose weight. Yeah, we want to look good. But really, I want to help you understand what you can do to use exercise to extend your lifespan, to enhance your longevity, and allow you. Remember, my goal is this. Fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Fitness, being fit, gives you freedom. Being fit gives you the ability to go out and enjoy life and live life the way you want it. Hey, it's worth a little bit of sweat every day of the week to be able to do that. Hey, you can reach out to me at PeteMcCallFitness.com. My email is Pete at Pete McCall, You can find me on, on Instagram. My Instagram is all about fitness podcasts. I try to put up different little tips on there. I try to put up information about the workouts I'm doing. I have a YouTube channel. I'm putting this up on YouTube, All About Fitness Podcast. I got a couple great workouts I've put up on on YouTube recently. And and, and hey, I've, I've gotten a few requests on email. I hear you. I'm in the process. I'm looking probably around December. I'm looking to plan a two or three day shoot. I have 21 workouts in Smarter Workouts. And I think I have about 15 workouts in Ageless Intensity. But my plan is I'm going to be doing a video shoot of all the exercises, of all the workouts, and I'll post that on my YouTube channel when it's up. And I'm hoping to have it up by the end of the year, if not early 2022. So that way, if you purchase one of my books and you want to see the exercises, you can go to the YouTube channel and and see how to do it properly. That's my goal, and I'm, I'm working on that. So I'm moving towards that, just to let you know that. And hey, as always, thank you for stopping by. And I certainly look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.